Okay, good morning, everybody. I, first of all, before, before anything, I really, really want to thank the Krams. I want to thank Rivka and Dove for opening their home. That was a, mamash, a very strong year last year of, of delving into the teachings of Rabbi Nachman. And Bezrat Hashem, that all the, all the Torah that's learned here at this table and all the Kedusha that comes from the learning that we do should come back to you and your family a million times over, Bezrat Hashem. Amen. I also want to dedicate today's shir to the Refua Shlema of Ayala Tila Li Bat Shira Yafa. Shlema. So, let me just explain a little bit what we're going to be doing today. In, during the year, we learn, we're learning from this sefer, from the second of these two sefers, Sichot Haran, which in English, that's already a commentary on the English commentary, which is called Rabbi Nachman's Wisdom. And we're up to Be'erich, note 52, I think it was, but we're starting from number 57. I think that one goes up to like, I don't know, 49, I think. But anyway... In any event, these farm we have, it's just 10 shekel of sefer, you should try to get one, and that's what we'll be learning from for the rest of the year. But because I knew that not everyone would have today, and also because it's Erev Yantiv, so uh, I, I was very excited to do the shir that we had prepared, which was the concept of overcoming the fear of death, which is a very broad concept, which we will do. We're going to be doing that when we get back to... Uh, how's that for a, <laughs> for a killer? Uh, we will do that, but because I wanted to do something that's very, very shaykh to this manim right now because it's the only chance we have to learn together Rabbi Nachman before yeah. Rosh Hashanah. Yeah. And um, Rabbi Nachman and Rosh Hashanah is a whole volume of, on its own, which we will get to actually next week when we learn. It will come out the day after Rosh Hashanah and some Gedalia. We're going to be learning. Isn't that crazy? Next Wednesday is already after Rosh Hashanah. Wow. So we're going to get to that and speak about that briefly because in, in order to understand what the whole Uman thing is, what Rabbi Nachman is and everything, you have to go into there and we're going to go into there for a little bit. But what I wanted to discuss today, very briefly, was learning a little bit about healthy tshuva. Healthy tshuva. Healthy approach to tshuva. And I'm very excited because someone showed me yesterday a, a cover of a new book coming out. It's called Shnei HaMeorot, The Two Illuminaries. And it's a, it's a whole sefer on the Machane Meshutaf, the common denominator between the teachings of Rav Kook and Rabbi Nachman. Very, very exciting. Um, and they did such a beautiful, it, it seems like a really, it's gonna, I think it's going to be a revolutionary work, even though there are a lot of essays been written about it. And like I've mentioned here before many times, I heard from Rav Weinberger that one time a student came to Rav Kook and asked him, uh, why don't you just quote Rabbi Nachman because there's, everything you're saying is clearly found in all of his ketavim it's just the language is a little bit different because Rav Kuk, you know, as you know was more modern you know Ivrit uh, Sifrutit whereas Rabbi Nachman is you know, speaking in his own language so the story is is that Rabbi Nachman uh, Rav Kuk went to the window those of you know that his house and Beta Rav Kook, he got up from the chair, went to the window over there, looked out, and he turned his face back to this per- the student that asked him this, and he said to him, Ich bin Rabbi Nachman, which in Yiddish means, I am Rabbi Nachman. <laughs> now that doesn't mean, he wasn't saying, and I just want to make something very clear, it wasn't a guy with the, I am Rabbi Nachman. It was just explaining his Shorish Neshama, where he felt, 
Now, I've said this story in certain places, and one time someone lost it on me. Because it's not a well-known story, and for some people, it's very threatening to say such a statement. So I went back to the, where I heard this statement from, which is Rev Weinberger, and he told me then where it's written. And yeah, this is like, we have a Masora that this is really where it is, and I found another proof for this, is that Rev, Rev Shlomo was friendly with Rev Cook's son, Rev Tzvi Yehuda Cohen Cook. And Rav Tzvi Yudha Kohen Cook told Rav Shlomo that the two Sfarim that his father had, that he remembers his father always having on his desk, was Likutim Aran and Me'ashilach, was the Ishbitzer and Rabbi Nachman. So yes, Al-Milismoch, we can, we can take these stories into serious consideration and accept them. Rabbi Nachman is a whole world. It's a different world. And you can't really feel it unless you learn it inside. And even then, that's not enough. You have to dive in over what you learned. And then you have to learn again over what you dive in. It's, not, it's, it's ongoing. And it's a whole world that uh, touches a nakuda in the heart that is usually inaccessible. This is Rabbi Nachman's world. It's a different world than whatever anyone's used to. But what I wanted to do today was to show how Rav Kook and Rabbi Nachman are mechavening us to the same nakuda, which is healthy tshuva. So if I had to just ask that out loud before looking at text and hearing just what you would, how you would choose to define that, what would that look like? Or what would that sound like? What's healthy tshuva? The first thing that probably comes to mind is what? Joy. Simcha. Other than Esti, who is already... <laughs> you said healthy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> You're... Baruch Hashem, I think you're very healthy in that in that in that, in that regard. Other than that, what 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 else would what else comes to mind in terms of when we have when we have the concept of healthy tshuva? Okay, that's a very very important one. What else with that similar tone? I, I have, the word for me is um, connection. I, you know, connecting to God, feeling. So that's what it's about. To remember that that's what it's about. Love. It's great. Love, Ava. <laughs> Absolutely. You should name your daughter then. <laughs> what, what, what else? What else comes to mind? Healthy tshuva. Just, it's not, there's no right or wrong answers here. It's just like what you're feeling. not testing anybody. Healthy. Sorry? Return. Returning is just a basic, you know, everyone's so scared to say that because, oh, everyone knows that. But no, no, no. That's, that's what it is. It's returning to something. But the way to return to something without love, without simcha, and without what Yael was saying, which is removing a concept of self-persecution, it's very hard to be engrossed in the world of tshuva. The word that we're trying to look for today is aspirations. What's your aspiration when you enter the world of tshuva? I think it's becoming more and more clear to just the way I'm feeling it, is that the avoda of tshuva in the month of Elul is just a preparation for you to be engrossed in the world of tshuva all year long. It cannot be that it's just about Elul and Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. We've, we're living in an age where we don't connect like that so much. There's a boost of it in Elul mm-hmm. and in Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur because Hashem said so. Hashem said these are days, and Chazal have brought this down very clearly. It's the time to return. It's the time to restart. It's the time to replug. But Motze. Yom Kippur, in Tfilat Ma'ariv, we say, Slach lanu avinu ki chatanu. We say, forget, and we say, Hashiveinu avinu letoratecha. When do we say this? The moment that Kiv we are completely cleansed and signed and sealed in the Book of Life. 
At least we believe that, right? So what's busy, what are we doing with tshuva? Where's the room for tshuva the moment after Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur end? So the famous joke is that then when you're in Chutzlar, you say, Slach lono avinu ki chatanu at Mariv, Motzei Yom Kippur, because a minute ago you just danced around the bima, and you know you're not making aliyah. And your spouse knows you're not even considering it, so you're doing tshuva over being fake a minute ago, dancing on the bima, that's just al-derech tzchok. The other way, which I very much connect to, is through the chidush yarnim, where he says that you say, you start asking for forgiveness the moment after Yom Kippur, because you don't really believe that God forgave you. So you're doing, you're doing tshuva over not believing that you were actually cleansed. That one hits home very strong. Now, based on that, I want to look at how Rav Kook directs us towards approaching what we're already very much fully, by now, more or less, surrounded by, which is the Ruach of Tshuva that's in the air. And I also just want to give you all a very... Just another... Like I said this at Miriam's house on... Uh, when do we learn? Sunday. And I'm saying it again over here. The reason why I say that we're all very much... Um, very much in that, in that ruach, in that, in that scent of, of tshuva, I say that as someone that lives in the community that is very much inspired and affected by the learning and the tshuva that the women here are doing, and specifically Shoshana was here today, that it, it really is creating a ruach of sovev, and it's just very, very inspiring. So I just say yeshekach to you big time. Mm-hmm. And to all the women here that are here and that are not here right now, that it really is, it really is, like they say that in Lubavitch, when you used to walk into Lubavitch, into the base Medrash, in Aleph, Elul, Beit, Elul, into Shul, first Shabbos and Elul, they say everyone could smell there was a different scent in the air that came from the, this pacha, this, this, this anticipation of what's going to be. And, you know, on our level, on our Tzanua level, it's also happening here. And I really, really believe it's because, I really believe that it's because of the, of the leadership and of the determination to take Talmud Torah and living Torah to the next level. So, Ashrechem, we should all be privileged to uh, raise our children in such an atmosphere for the rest of our lives. Bezrat Hashem. Okay. Rav Kook says like this, look into the tzaddik. Rabbeinu of Avram Yitzchak HaKoyen Kook, Zichon Livracha. When I have an aspiration, and what's my aspiration? I want to be basically perfect. What is Rav Kook saying over here? Where, where, what, what's your goal? What are you trying to do? You're going to Elul, you're going to whatever it is. What, what, are, you, what are you aspiring to be? So we all know that the higher you set your goal, on the one hand, the more you'll strive. That's how it usually works. And the more you'll harder your work. But the harder it hurts when you fall because you've set it that high. Now in, that, that in, in, in training for athletics, that's just the way it works. But with tshuva, it's something else. It's a different ballgame. The only analogy I could give to this in, is mechila in basketball. If you know about the sixth man, is anyone about the sixth man? Basically, there's starting fives. There's five against five. That's how it is in basketball. And of course, whoever is better is usually the one that's chosen to be on the starting five. 
There's five positions. Two guards, two forwards, and a center, the guy in the middle. The sixth man is the person that first comes off the bench. But many years ago in the NBA, they came up with a brilliant idea. And they started a, a, a ceremony, an award, called the Sixth Man Award. Because usually, who would get the awards? The most valuable players, or the ones that were leading in minutes, points, rebounds, assists, whatever it is. The Sixth Man Award is a, is a, is a big chap, because what is, it's the guy that's not starting. It's not the equivalent of the tzaddik gamur. It's almost like the guy that wasn't good enough for the first round, but he excelled in figuring out how to play his role as the second round. Rav Kook is saying like this, when you're starting to do tshuva, be, be conscious of the opportunity that's in front of you. The opportunity that's in front of you is to become a Baal tshuva. It's not to become a tzaddik gamor. Leave that for someone else. Here you could actually hear Rav Kook's Lubavitch roots as well. As you know, Rav Kook was Lubavitch from his mother's side. They were a very big Lubavitch family. From his father's side, it was very non-Hasidic. But Rav Kook, you could hear the Likutei Torah in all of Rav Kook's words as well. So Rav Kook says, Kshadam dafka tzadik gamur, It's very hard to become the point of what you're, what, you're, what you're growing into if your aspiration is to become perfect. Al-Kem, Rav Kook says, Ra'ui lo la'adam. What should a person do? Tamid yasim elibo et sheifa that a person should always place within his heart the she'ifa. Does anyone know what that means in English? Aspiration. Aspiration, literally, yeah. Now what else, what other word in Hebrew does, does this sound like? Shefa. Uh, close. Shefa is with ayin, but this is with olive, so it's a different word. Lish, oh, what does is, what is lishof mean? To, to breathe, yeah. yeah. She'ifa is an inhale, is to take in. <coughs> The way we reference our source of life is she'ifot as well. It's not stam. There's a lot to say about this. She'ifa, usually you say, uh, usually you say neshima. She'ifa is to literally, you use it with cigarettes, lish'of ashan, to inhale, smoke. But she'ifa literally means to, to take in something. Rav Kook wanted tshuva to be something that we actually literally take inside of us and place within our heart. That's why he uses the lashon, yasim elibo eta she'ifa, Liot Baal Tshuva. When a person goes into the world of Tshuva, aspire to become a Baal Tshuva and not a Tzaddik. Let me ask you a question. What's the, what's the Chiddush here and what's the Nafkamina? What's the Chiddush in what Rav Kook is saying? What is he really telling us over here? Aspire to be a Baal Tshuva and, do, and not necessarily to be, be a Tzaddik Gamar. What is he saying? Why is he saying this? Maybe so we have realistic expectations. But what... It, what but is it limited? I agree with you, but is the statement limiting at all? Feels that way. On a certain level, it has that scent, right? Like, you know what? Don't. Uh... <laughs> right. And even that, it's like, it's very alavai Russia Vitov, though, I would say. You know? <laughs> Bain and Isabeli. Are you saying in some way, though, that it's better? Um, well, in, at the end, yeah. Not now, not yet. But at the end, he actually is, yeah. So let's go weiter. He's, he's going to explain over here what it means to be someone who shoef to be a Baal Tshuva. Second line, the, word, the fourth line, from, fourth word from the end. To have a shifa to be a Baal Tshuva is someone that's shakua b'ra'ayon ha-tshuva. Shakua b'ra'ayon ha-tshuva 
means someone, shakua means to be like engrossed, to be immersed. immersed. Shakua means you're immersed in the concept of tshuva. That's very different than someone that's trying to stop doing his no-nos and start doing his yeses. Being immersed in the concept of tshuva is a way of life. This is what the whole book of Orota Tshuva, Rav Kook was crying about, to show that the pain of previous generations is that tshuva was not a ra'ayon, it was either you did it or you didn't do it. What Rav Kook tried to bring to the world is that tshuva is so much more than if you did something or didn't do something. It's a way of life. It's your whole Yidd- it's Yiddishkeit. It's the flow of not just Elul and Tishrei. We learn it a lot during Elul and Tishrei because it does do that job of waking us up a little bit more. But really, Rav Joros Tshuva was written for Cheshman Kislev Tevet Shvat Adar Nisanya. It was written for the whole year. Just to, just to even bring this concept a little bit deeper, you're supposed to do tshuva all year long. Uh, every day we say, Ashivena Vinu Toratecha. Thanks to a teaching from the Bnei Yisachar, from the Dinov Rebbe, the one that, he was a student of the Chose of Lublin, big, big Kabbalist. He has many works, but the one that he's most famous for, is, is known for, is Bnei Yisachar. And it's a book on the, on the, on the months and the Moadim. Each month, what the tikkun of each month is, what shevet corresponds to each month, and what you're supposed to work on on each month. It's, a one, it's an incredible, incredible sefer. He says in Elu, he brings a gematria, which he doesn't normally do, but he says that Elu is the gematria of the word bina. We, and we've learned this in the past. Elu equals bina. What's bina? Bina is the second level in chokhmah, bina in das. The way we've learned it out in previous years, that all year long I'm supposed to be doing tshuva on the level of chokhmah, just on a very, on a, in a, I have to work on being better, right? I have to work on being good, I have to stop doing averes. But the tshuva of Elul, we want to say today, is something deeper. How much has tshuva become part of my life? Not only an Elul in Tishrei. That's why the way we're looking at it today is that healthy tshuva is that I approach this man that I have right now so that the rest of my year, tshuva becomes part of my life. Tshuva is part of the way I'm living. It's my tarbut. It's my culture. I'm constantly engrossed in it. So he says over here, to be aspiring Baal Tshuva means you're you are immersed in the concept, in the idea of Tshuva. And then, after you've, you've, I know the Hebrew is a little bit hard here, we'll try to get through this. After you've aspired to be someone who's engrossed in the world of that tshuva is what's on your mind all the time. And remember, it's not just the don't do averas and be holy. It's a different ballgame. You also shoef, you also aspire lehid gashmuta hamaasit, that it should become actualized and materialized. Meaning what? That which I'm thinking about all the time should actually be the way that I live my life. You are where your thoughts are was not Ramdas's chiddush. Right? That's not rich, even though people think the be here now, mm-hmm. that whole thing, that was Richard Alpert. It, it's not. It, it comes way before it. I mean, the Baal Shem Tov emphasized it, that the word, that the word machshava 
is the same letters as the word besimcha, right? That was the Baal Shem Tov's whole thing of you are where your thoughts are, so you might, you might as well take the word machshava, take the letters around, and it's the letters besimcha, so you might as well, if you are where your thoughts are, be besimcha, right? But it's much, this is something that, these are things that are rooted way, way before. Rav Kook is saying over here, when a person aspires, <clears throat> like if someone asked you, are you Hasidish or not? They would also ask you, are you Chuvish or not? <laughs> Meaning like, are you part of the, the Baal? Like, what does it mean to, doesn't mean are you a Baal Chuva? Did you grow up not from and now you're from? If Cook is not speaking here to people that are not from yet. Obviously he's speaking to everybody, including many people who are, so to speak, on the derech. And if Cook is saying, you could be on your derech your whole life, but Chuva never became you. You never really became a Baal Chuva. Someone that, someone that could say, tshuva is part of the way I live my life all year long. So then Rav Kook says, and Shoshana hinted to it before, or, or guessed it before, I don't know which one, then what will eventually happen? Your tshuva. What kind of tshuva? My day-to-day thoughts of being someone who's wrapped in a world of a certain rhythm. Tshuva is a rhythm of life. You ever, have, you ever get hooked onto a song? My kids now are, 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 are Yonina Hasidim. That's <laughs> all, uh, Baruch Hashem, we, 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 we did a boo-boo, we, a boo-boo, we had a good kavana, we, we surprised, we bought them ticket, tickets to, uh, to show they had in Yerushalayim, and then it was, uh, it was Camp Sababi, it was my grandparents take them for a few, my parents take them for a few days, so they missed the show, but you're going to surprise them because they're singing Yonina songs all day long. What happens to you when music has this hashpa on you? But of course, says music and tshuva are very connected. What happens to you when you're hooked onto a certain rift, a certain melody? It just becomes your rhythm. It's just, it, it kind of dictates your mood, even. Mm-hmm. It dictates your mood. So the same thing, Rav Cook says, when tshuva is your rhythm of life, it dictates your mood. And everyone feels good when they get a taste of feeling like they're working on themselves, no matter what. Thank you for Avalon. Who's gonna say something? Gonna I was say gonna something? say also like the concept of tshuva can be tricky, and I love I always love what Esther says, specifically <laughs> about being the because to me I've always struggled with the concept of tshuva not involving self, you know, like knocking yourself down. Like, you weren't good enough at this. You need to be better. Like those that. Mm-hmm. That internal voice needs to really come from a place of, and I love it, like about being a perfectionist, making sure that it's not that's not the goal. I grew up in a very litvisha home, yeah. and tshuva sounded very very different. So this it is like scary. something new, and like it's like all of a sudden it's light. <laughs> that's why it's called orot hatshuva. That was the point, the light of tshuva, and not the. Choshech Atshuva or Afelat Atshuva which is or Pachad Atshuva yeah but I want to just reiterate what I said before that in Lubavitch they speak about this that when you'd walk into the base Medrash then there was a Pachad but it wasn't a Pachad it wasn't a Pachad of Yir Ata Onish as much as it was Yir Ata Romemut which means the Slonimer speaks about it all the time when you're standing before an awesome privilege that's an awesome moment but it's awe awesome it's standing before a privilege. You have a privilege to crown the king in a few days. So, you, so the privilege that's in front of you dictates the, the avira. 
That, 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 that can be done b'simcha. That's the chiddush. That, that that privilege can be done b'simcha. And in fact, the Baal Shem Tov is mechadish. It really, it can't be done not b'simcha. It has to be done b'simcha as well. Like Hashem doesn't want, oh, come here, Nebuch, people that want to put a crown on my head. No, He wants people that are, are happy for the privilege to do this, right? Now, here's where, here's where Rav Kook kind of reveals a secret, but it's good he only said it at the end. He says, Ve'az, when tshuva is the rhythm of my life, and it dictates to me the way that I live my world, your tshuva can elevate you ad midat tzadikim gmurim. That tshuva that you said you're engrossed with, the rayon of tshuva, that actually does elevate you to the level of tzadikim gmurim ulemala mizeh. And even higher than that. What's higher than that? Where, where, I didn't know a place like that exists. What's higher than Tzadik Gamur? <laughs> but, but because we're not supposed to become angels in this world, so like, so what, what is this place that Rav Kook is speaking about? And is he saying, is, it, and he's not, and is, he saying if, is this the goal or not? So if, you're, if, if you place this as a goal, is saying you're trying, oh, I'm going to go through the back alley and become a Tzadik Gamur, because Rav Kook said to me, hey, you know, don't start with trying to become a Tzadik Gamur, but if you go like this, you'll eventually get like this. You're missing the point as well. If your point is to be a tzaddik gummer, you'll never get there. If your point is to live with the soundtrack of tshuva in your day-to-day life every day, you'll get to that higher place, but that's not going to be your goal. If that happens to you, mazel tov. Your goal is to be in love with the journey that you set yourself for this new year. And that's why aspirations play a very funny place in our lives. Because it's very hard to say my aspiration is not for things to be really, really perfect. But it is a very reasonable and worthwhile aspiration to say, my goal, and that's why I love Simon Jacobson's title, my goal is to have the most meaningful life in the world. Towards a, meaning, towards a meaningful life, right? Towards a meaningful life. Towards, that means active. Towards, that means you're always towards. Meaning, mashma'ut, I want to feel my life is full of meaning. Of course, that's really what tshuva is. That's really, really what tshuva is. It just happens to be that a big chunk of getting meaning means cleaning yourself from schmutz. So it goes hand in hand. But the aspirations here are very important. So what we learn from here, from this first piece, is healthy tshuva is to understand what you're setting out for. What are you even setting out for? Lechatchila, let's start from this. When Rav Weinberger taught this piece, so he mentioned that the, 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 the truth is to, to establish the rhythm of tshuva, like to have this kind of like be the tone and everything, your surroundings really are mashpia. Your, your, um, the environment you live in, the society you choose to live in, really like the Rambam says, that the, our greatest influence in life is our surroundings, right? So therefore, like the decision-making really is important over here. But it's not decision-making that I'm going to live amongst tzaddikim gemurim. But it's a decision-making that I'm choosing to set up shop and my family shop in a surrounding of people that want this. That want this as well. They want tshuva to be their rhythm. Now, what, that, what, that, what does it mean to then have a life filled with tshuva? That's, that's our, whole, our whole years for that. Our whole lives are for that. But Elul is decision time. That's really where we're at in this way of thinking positively in a healthy manner of tshuva. To take this even further, we go to a teaching in Rabbi Nachman, Shchisil Ganaleinu, 
You could even feel like to say his name is sometimes it kind of gives you the. Can I ask a question? Jitters, yeah, yeah, of what course. What is his definition of tshuva? <laughs> <laughs> That's like you know the guy that gives a shear on Emuna for an hour, and then someone says, "But what about the Holocaust? Like, how does that you know?" <laughs> What's Rav Cook's definition of tshuva? The rest of Orota Tshuva, Light of Tshuva, is to answer that question. And it was about 17 chapters, fat chapters, of really figuring out how to answer that. I would, if I had to, like, sometimes put on the spot and try to, like, say it in a nutshell, I think it means to enliven the dead roots. That's how I would say... Enliven the dead roots? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That's it's just one way of looking at Orosa Tshuva. But what does that mean? That's how we see that. And then, like, that's how, I know, but you. Uh, no, no. So we can keep on going like this, but we'll be here till, till Hanukkah at least. So let, let's let's see what Rabbi Nachman says over here. Rabbi Nachman says like this. This is in the middle of Torah Vav. Torah Vav, the sixth teaching in Breslov, is known as Kraes Yoshua. It's it's what it's called, Kraet Yoshua. The sixth teaching in Likutei Maran is almost a a a chiyuv. For anyone that's learning Rabbi Nachman's teachings, I would say there's two main teachings in the Kutim Aran that they say these are the teachings of Rabbi Nachman. This is what it boils down to. One is Torah Vav and one is Torah Reish Pei Bet. When I say Torah, the numbers, it's the number of teachings in the Kutim Aran. The sixth teaching in the Kutim Aran and Reish Pei Bet, that would be the 282nd teaching in the Kutim Aran, and that is the Torah of Azamra. Azamra, which is the Torah of the good points finding the good points in people and just seeing that and finding the good points in yourself and just being able to see that. But Torah Vav is the Torah of Tshuva. It's a very long teaching. It's the first teaching, I believe, that his Talmud Reb Nassim learned from him, which is what's made him into who we, who we became and how we have the whole world of teachings of Rabbi Nachman, because Reb Nassim was his pen. That's how he referred to him. So this, this is a small segment in the sixth teaching of Nikuti Maharan, and it's, uh, there's no chidushim here, but it's chizuk. It, uh, that's what I feel. It's chizuk for tshuva. It's chizuk for tshuva. It's chizuk for entering this new, this newness that's about to embark upon us, and it strengthens our emuna in a very strong way. You've decided you want to return, whatever that means, but you've decided you're signing up. Tzarich lachgor motnav. Now, lachgor motnav means buckle up. That's literally what it means. You have to buckle up. Rabbi Nachman is going to explain to us how to buckle up in the healthiest way. Why? Because Rabbi Nachman and Rav Cook are addressing the authentic soul searcher who is in a fragile, sensitive state. It's a vulnerable place to be in to invite tshuva into your life and to want to grow and to want to make changes and to want to basically develop into all these theoretical, beautiful places that you have in your mind, that's a very sensitive place to be. So Rav Kook is addressing it in his way and Rav Kook is addressing that sensitive yid in his way too. Lachgor motnai means, okay, let's buckle up, let's get you... What do you say when you go into the horse? And the, uh, no, no, but in, in Hebrew, do you know the... Anyway, it's the same. It's the same meaning. Like you're about to go on this journey, right? So you gotta, you gotta really find yourself as, as as a meuzan, as balanced as possible, 
and as realistic as possible. With, at the same notion, being open for the unknown, which is what we're all approaching. Like, how do you get as settled as possible as you're approaching the unknown, right? It's basically what we're doing every single day. It's just on a more gradual level, on a more stronger manner, on Rosh Hashanah. I just have to say, the sidetrack, my favorite, one of my favorite statements I ever heard from Rav Yitzchak Ginsburg um, is that he, he brought a chazal that said, we learned this many times, En simcha ka'atarat And Rav Ginsburg says that the world thinks that means the greatest simcha in the world is when you matir asafek, is when you remove doubt. Because man wants certainty. Man wants to live in a certain world, like in a world that there's clarity. Halacha, the world of halacha, is birur hasfekot. There's svekot. There's, there's, I'm not sure if we go this way, this way. Comes a rab and paskins like this. There's what's called birur safek, a clarification of a doubt. Doubt is removed from the world. That's why we say, when a chasen and kala get married, kol sason kol simcha, there's so much simcha. Why? Other than the fact that they're coming together, starting a family. There's also a huge hatarat svekot that's going on in the world as well. There's a complete removal of doubt from all the potential soulmates that each side could have to what they chose. So there's a tremendous clarity coming into the world. And we're besimcha on that, right? So Rav Ginsburg says, but when you think about it, every single moment of life is a suffolk. Do any of us know what's going to happen to us the second we walk out of here? Or what I'm about to say right now? Not even, I, I don't even, I'm not even that, that certain. I mean, I know what we're going to learn, but I'm not certain how it's going to come out and what we're going to feel like. Every moment in life is a suffolk. And the more you fight that, the more you need the certainty, the more you're going to be miserable. So Rav, Rav Ginsburg says, En simcha, the greatest simcha, is when you matir yourself to live in svekot. When you, you're kind of like just giving into the, 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 the blueprint of how Hashem created the world. This is how Hashem created the world. People live with this uncertainty. And when you align yourself with the way Hashem, what Hashem had in mind with creating the world, there's the, it's the greatest simcha in the world. When you enroll in the way that Hashem designed the world, Obviously, in Lubavitch and other places, what would they call this state of living? Bittel. Your mitbatel before the, 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 the control. Right? This is one way of understanding Bittel. So, this is why Rabbi Nachman says, you, you have a thought of what life means, what it means like to live in tshuva. You have some kind of a preconceived notion of not just what you need to do, but how it's going to feel. We've already been down that path, how it's going to feel. You need to buckle up because you're in a very vulnerable place, in a very sensitive place. Let's try to make it as safe as possible in a very unknown world, which is the world of tshuva and the world of anything, really. So again, Rabbi Nachman says like this, That a person has to strengthen themselves in the ways of Hashem, always, Ben ba'aliyah, this is so deep. Rabbi Nachman says the smartest and healthiest way of approaching tshuva is to mechazek yourself and understand that there is a way to ascend and there is a way to descend as well. Meaning, you're gonna fall. 
Why is Rabbi Nachman so much the, the therapist of this generation? Because this is what all of us are going through today. We were always going through this, we're just much more aware of it. And we're living in a time in a society where there's less busha to speak about our feelings. We just came from the men's shear. Half, not half the men, but a chunk of the men started opening up about um, their history with the 12-step program, past and current. It wasn't always like this. People didn't, like, in, in, in formal settings, that's how people used to speak. But today we're living in an age and an era where there's this, like, embracing of we're all falling, we're all flying, we're all falling, but let's, let's speak about it. Rabbi Nachman speaking like this back then freaked people out. How could you speak like this? How could you talk like this? How could you tell a Baal Tshuva or someone that's saying he's going to join Hashem's team, that he's going to fall? How could you, talk? How could you say such words? But he did. <laughs> he did. So Ibn Nachman says, what does this mean that you're going to ascend and you're going to fall? And it has to do, there's a certain way of religiously ascending and religiously falling. He brings a pasuk. It's a pasuk that we say every time we do tefillah sederach on the plane. Shehem bechinat im esak shamaim sham ata. If I climb to the highest heavens, there you are. Ve'atzia she'ol hineka. And if I plummet to the lowest depths, there you are too. So that's a pasuk from Tehillim, obviously. We say it in different times during the year. Im esak shamaim sham ata. If I fly, if I go up, there you are. Ve'atzia she'ol hineka. And if I plummet down to the lowest level, there you, uh, here you are too. But there's a diuk here. There's a very important, important differentiation between my relationship with Hashem when I fly and my relationship with Hashem when I fall. Does anyone, did anyone notice it in the wording? What does it say about where Hashem is when I'm flying? Sham. You're there. And then when I, when I sink? What, what's the difference? Closer. You're always sinking. You're sinking more than you're rising. No, I would say Meaning, you're flying, you keep on, there's no end. It's, you're gonna, you can never say, like, I've flown enough, right? He's always ahead of you. It should be the opposite. Why? Because when you, when you feel like you're flying, you feel like your Hashem is here. But when you're falling, you feel close and you feel, it feels like Hashem is there. Close it, that's why Rabbi Nachman is saying that exactly. That's the reason why he's bringing that pasuk. Because mm-hmm. what happens to a person with that with that understanding? What chance does he have? What's that? It, it's done. It's done. Mm-hmm. He's Dafka showing that it, there's a way that when he's not saying none of this is lechatchila. He's not saying listen, try this, fly. How does it feel, right? Then sin, and then tell me how that feels too. It's all bedievet, obviously, God forbid. I don't want anyone to think this is what Rabbi Nachman is saying. That when you fly, it's the... What is he really saying over here? Look what he says. Hainu. Ben she'izkeh le'eze aliyah, le'eze madrega gdola uktana. Whether a person merits some type of an aliyah, an elevation, whether it's a small step, you've grown a small step, or you've grown a, 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 a large step. Afal pichen al yamotsham. Don't ever be satisfied with your spiritual growth. Yeter. 
A person has to be baki. You ever hear the term bakiut? Bakiyas in yeshivish, they say, are you learning? What are you learning? I'm learning this bakiyas and I'm learning this be'iyun. So bakiyas means to be thorough. Baki, you have to be thoroughly, that's not the right word, thoroughly knowledgeable. Thoroughly knowledgeable. That's what, what's that? That's another way, yeah, that's another way of saying. Um, You have to be, either way, fluent, thoroughly knowledgeable, there's a chokhmah, he's saying, This is the first law. Rabbi Nachman says, when you're, when you're in tshuva, you have to realize, you have to have a chokhmah, because what could happen to you, you stop doing an avera. Oh my God, look at me. I'm not falling in there anymore. Rabbi Nachman says, oh, we got to warn that person. Brother, sister, that was just the beginning. <laughs> Life and tshuva is so much more than not sinning. So much more than not sinning, Right? But you have to have bekiyut. You have to be baki beratso. You have to know. Ratso means to go up and ascend. You have to know how to ascend. Knowing how to ascend doesn't just mean how do I stop sinning. It means how do I keep the hunger to keep on going more and more. How do I live with the humility to know that however much I've ascended, whether it's a little bit or a lot, that it's, it continues. It doesn't stop. That parallel to Rukhutz Ulamala Mizeh, that like boundlessness beyond. That's good. Because you're saying like you should be a Baal Shuba, and you're you're constantly striving to get higher. I mean, the floor we can feel. Correct. There's the sky. There's it's boundless. Correct. Correct. Yes. Yes. That is the analogy when it comes to the level of Ratzo of of the one. By the way, this terminology of Ratzo, and I will see Shuv comes from the Mar'e. Merkava of Yechezkel, when it says Vehachayot Ratzovashov, which means this is like you know the, the Kabbalah one hundred one, even though this is not what we're doing here, but it has to do with the what, what Yechezkel saw the Chayot Hakodesh the um, what do you say in English? Not the not really the, the term for it. The Serafim the uh, I don't know what the, what the word is exactly, but what he saw exactly the the animals the Chesakodesh going. There was energy going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So Yechezkel understood, Rabbi Nachman says Yechezkel understood. It's like the Akvavinu's vision of the angels going up and ascending and descending on the ladder. That's our life. That's our life. But there's got to be a shita. And I have to say, Chanasara, that obviously your, your David, Allah Vashalom, sang this, sang this teaching to perfection. Remember? person has to know three things. The whole teaching, Reb Shlomo used to sing this teaching. We, we've said it a few times. A person has to know how to walk. You have to know how to grow. A person has to know how to fall. We're not there yet. But what Tamar was saying to, that's how Rav Kook and Rabbi Nachman are meeting over there. The ascending, you can, if you have this bitul that there's always so much more to go, and that's how you live in that state, You'll eventually look back and you'll be like, my concept of what a tzaddik gamur was, was so shallow compared to what I feel about life now and aspirations now. Like one of the greatest, most beautiful moments in life is when you take a second and you look back at the who, at the you that was 10, 5, 1, 20 years ago, and your definition of a morally ethical person or a holy religious Jew, and see the contrast in, in how you define that and be happy about the fact that it became so much deeper. It became such a deeper concept. That's a, 
that's a tremendous simcha that a person can, uh, can connect to. And Alavai, we should always have that. If Cook says, and Rabbi Nachman is saying, that is what happens to the real the seeker. Their, their concepts of what they thought was holy and perfect change, letova, for the better. That's what it means to be baki beratso, to have to be fluent and understanding and knowledgeable in the power of ascent, very much connected to Rav Cook's piece. But Rav Nachman continues, we'll go for a few more minutes, v'chein lahefech, and also on the flip side. She'afidu im yipol chas v'chalila l'makom she'yipol, that even if a person falls, God forbid, to the place that he falls, even to the lowest depths of darkness, you should not despair yourself no matter what, in any way, shape, or form, Whatever is, is. Why, do, why are all, excuse me for saying this, mm-hmm. amongst all the holy, righteous, straight tzaddikim, why are all the Meshuggahs running to Uman? What, what, what is it? What, what, are they, what, what are they finding by Rabbi Nachman? When I say Meshuggahs, I don't mean literally crazy people. I mean people that it's, oh, they've gone through heaven and hell. I mean, <clears throat> what is it over there? Because there was a tzaddik that said, he didn't give a hechsher to being a rasha, but he made, he made the ability to hold on to Hashem in a place where you're taught that if you do that, you're going to hell, he made that place possible for certain people that went down to what he calls Sheol Tachtis, the deepest depths of darkness. Rabbi Nachman says here, third line in the second paragraph, In that place, Sheol, the bottom, demand and search for Hashem. You grab onto anything you can to give yourself a little chizuk. You're not out of it yet. You're not clean. You're not even actively cleaning yourself. But seek and search and demand and grab on to any moment of chizuk that you can grab onto. You know, I've heard stories, people that fell so low, and they were able to grab onto a nigun that their father would sing at the Shabbos day when they were a little kid, and that began to pull them out. Now the nigun, what did the nigun have to do with it? It's, it's, Rabbi Nachman says, Hineka, Hashem is right there with you. You have to grab onto whatever you can. Because even there, in the lowest depths of darkness, is Hashem. And even in that dark place, you can cling yourself to a Kaddosh Baruch Why is that, a, why is that usually... Why is this so contrary to the way we were raised and the way we were taught? Because how can I have dveikus to Hashem while I'm in a dark place? Don't I first have to clean, clean up my, 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 my act in order to have dveikus? Rabbi Nachman says, if Hashem is Hashem, and He is, she is, whatever. If God is God, there, there is no, there, 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 there's no place that's void of Him. That means you have to learn how to act after you've fallen. It's not, we're not celebrating your falling. But what Rabbi Nachman says about Tshuva has to understand that when the fire burnt out a little bit, it's another opportunity to meet God in another way. And that's very important for the person that's working hard on cleansing themselves and to grow into the world of tshuva.
But I want to make it very clear, he's not saying over here, try this at home. He's basically saying, it'll probably happen to you. Just because, look, we're never stagnant. Our bodies are always changing. You know, even though we might think we look the same, our bodies are, you know, at a certain point in life, we're growing, growing, growing physically, and then we start, you know, life shrinking a little bit instead. Meaning our bodies are, are constantly in movement. Our brain is constantly in movement. Our spiritual status is also constantly in movement. So be aligned with what's, gonna, with, with, with what's anyways happening. That's what Rabbi Nachman is saying. That's the healthiest approach, approach to tshuva. He calls this, Zebechinas ve'atziya This is the latter part of the Pasuk. That when you fall so low, remember, Hineka, you are here with me. Gam ki It's the same language. Lo imadi. It doesn't say kiata nimtza efoshehu po. It's kiata imadi because you're with me. This he calls bechinas baki bashov. You have to be thoroughly knowledgeable and fluent in the art of finding Hashem when you fell so low. Ki ifsha, so Rabbi Nachman says here, and I'll probably have to end here, Ki tshuva, ki im tshuva, Rabbi Nachman says, is both of these. It's not one of them. Usually the way we understand tshuva is just one of these sides. Rabbi Nachman says you don't merit to be called someone who's a Baal Tshuva unless you accept that this is the way of life and you master the art of both sides of this coin. That this pasuk, it's like your Shema Yisrael. It's like your Animami Mashiach. It's like it's your everything. That you have Bekiut knowing about these two ways. This is very... It's a very big chokhmah. He's saying it's such a great thing, a high level, that a person has to know that he always has to work on whatever he can in Avodah Hashem and to anticipate at any given moment that he can always go higher. What are we big on in today's day and age? Breathers. Breathers. Take chills. Time out where I can't, you know, I got to relax. I got, I, it's going good, but I, I have to be still in this world. I got to keep on relaxing. Got to keep on relaxing. Nachman says it just doesn't really work like that in Avodah Hashem. Sometimes those, no, I, I have to watch that TV show because I, I have to come back into this. I can't, you know, I, I can't. I, no one, no, I'm sorry. No, whatever. Not what <laughs> yeah, and I don't know what I'm talking about either. Right? <laughs> But we have this, it's like this voice, no, 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 listen, stay in this world, stay in this world, stay in this world, right? Sometimes that stay in this world, cool out, kills the whole thing. But Rabbi Nachman says, okay, if you've chosen that, just remember. That's a little bit of a level of Sheol. That's, a, that, that's low. It's the Malasot. It's not the TV show. Sometimes a TV show, sometimes certain documentary can actually order you for tshuva. Stam, I use that example because that's, that's, what, that's what we run through sometimes as a, like a vice of like chilling out. Chill, I don't know, to me, he's spotted us as like the, the greatest chill out in the world. When it's real, that level of that kind of chill out in Avodah Sashem, there's no, I don't know, anything greater, nothing greater in the world, the power of that. So Rabbi Nachman says it's a bakiyas to understand 
the ratzo, that there's always what to grow, there's always what to do. But then he says, it works both ways. I'm sorry, I'm just taking a few more minutes because it's 11. And if someone has to leave, it's fine. When a person has these two levels living within him, which is what Rav Kook would call Rav Kook would call this the rhythm of tshuva the tarbut of tshuva, the culture of tshuva. It's kind of answering your question, but it's not answering, it, it, it's not answering your question in Rav Kook's name. It's answering, answering your question in Rabbi Nachman's name. <coughs> this is engrossed in a world of tshuva. When he has these two bekiot, that's what it means. A person's walking in the, in the derech of tshuva. Ve'az, and Rabbi Nachman says, and then, yamin Hashem pshuta lekabel tshuvato, then a person, then Hashem, you mean Hashem, the right side, the chesed of Hashem, is so happy to receive this person back and say, come home, come, here are the keys to home. Come, you're ready. You're ra'ui to get the keys back to your house. V'zocheli chvod Hashem. I can't even get into that right now, what it means to merit to the honor of Hashem. al yedei azeh adam l'shevet el ashrilo. Now, you, you're, you're like in mensch territory again. Get up from the, from the dust, you can sit down and be a mensch and start the work again. Baal Tshuva has to remember this. Every place that you might have fallen or that you might fall, Hashem is there with you. These two teachings from Rav Kook and Rabbi Nachman really set us on, I don't want to say a, um, what's called a realistic path of tshuva, but such a worthwhile path of tshuva. (laughs) To quote Cliff, like we always end up doing here. It is so worthwhile to embrace this way of approaching the world of tshuva. Now, when it comes to details, we have the Rambam. He helps us with these. We have the Rishonim. We have the Achronim. They're there to help us know what the avoda of the details are, which I don't want to, God forbid, belittle at all. But we all know we're living in a world that it's, it's much more than that. It's essential, but there's, there's obviously, it's a much bigger picture. So I give us all a bracha, Bezrat Hashem. First of all, the light of the coin of Rav Kook should stay with us all year long, and obviously Rabbi Nachman's light should stay with us all year long, all the time. But uh, as we're doing this last few days of the nitty-gritty work, of the work, of, of, of even the way I, I approach the mundane, it's easy for me to say this, and I don't mean this sarcastically, but obviously like the cooking, the cleaning, the prep, all those things, elevating the awareness of what I'm preparing for, the conscious of that, the consciousness of that, what I'm, I feel, Bean and I were in the mall yesterday and you know, going from different stores, buying just like clothes and stuff like that. All of these things can be done in, in an elevated manner. And if, it, and if it's not, then Rabbi Nachman says, that's, and, and for you that's considered a downfall, guess what? Talk about it with Hashem. He's right there in that place. Like that, that's the whole Chiddush here. Like if it's, not, if it's not feeling like that, the coolest thing is is that you can talk to Hashem about it. Like people always say, I don't know what to do, he's I don't feel like it's working. 
that's a perfect place to start. That's exactly what you should say. I don't feel like it's working. And describe why you don't feel like it's working. 45 minutes later, you'll be like, I guess it, I guess it was working. <laughs> you know, like, anyway, our, 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 our concepts should become deeper and deeper and deeper. Rib Shlomo, I always say this, he had the same exact answer for the same question in any interview that he ever gave. All other answers changed. There's only one answer. Whenever they could say, whenever they asked him, tell us, Shlomo, what's the difference between the Shlemele of today and the Shlemele Kravach that just started, or the, or, the, or the little Shlomo, whatever it was. He always had the same answer. He says, I don't really know, but I think, I hope and I pray that I'm a, I'm, I'm, I've become a deeper person. What is a deeper person, I think? It's someone whose concepts become deeper as well. That's what Rav Kook says, a life of tshuva leads a person to. What he thought was so worthwhile, or the value of certain things become deeper. They either become more valuable or they become less valuable. But the concept of it becomes deeper. And that's my bracha to all of us, to myself, to my family. And Be'ezrat Hashem, the concept of coming before the king, Avoy Lamelech, since you mentioned it, that concept becomes a deeper concept as well. Filled with Simcha, filled with Pachad, holy Pachad as well, holy Pachad, but just deeper, whatever that means. And Be'ezrat Hashem will continue. This year, uh, actually, we have a shir tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock by Miriam on Rosh Hashanah prep, more about the mitzvah of the day. And tonight, yeah, uh, do you have a shir? Oh, not tonight, because oh, we have, sorry, we have tonight the Ukraine, Nachon. I'm sorry. There's so much. And then we'll continue. There's not going to be a shir on Sunday. There's not going to be a shir on Sunday. But we'll continue here next Wednesday morning, Bezrat Hashem, next year. Next year, Shana Tabah. Yes, tonight. Uh...